we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 11th, 2009. We're going to continue on our, our subject on the Middle East, Israel, uh, Islam, these types of things. The next article is from Battle Cry. Chick Publication puts out a monthly, uh, or is it bi-monthly, newsletter here. That uh, yeah, it's bi or not bi-monthly. It's it's two months. They put out six a year, and this particular article is entitled "Who Really Owns Jerusalem." Now we've established in the previous teaching kind of a base for what we're going to be talking about now. Okay, I've also done, as I said before, several other teachings on the Middle East, Iran, Jerusalem, and Islam. If you want to reference any of those, just key any of those words into my uh, keyword box on my homepage and, and you can uh, access those teachings. This is, who really owns Jerusalem? One of the objectives of the presidency of George W. Bush is to have an agreement for a Palestinian state in place by the end of his term. Now, again, this was from November, December of this last year. Several agreements have been made with Israel and the Palestinian leaders during Bush's eight-year term. The primary goal of all of them has been to establish two states living peacefully, side-by-side in Palestine. And again, we saw how well that works in Gaza and in many other (laughs) areas, okay? So, diplomatic pressure has increased at each stage of the negotiations to resolve the Jerusalem issue, as they refer to it as. Israeli Prime Minister Olmert has steadfastly declared that Jerusalem is not on the negotiating table, even when U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice pushed to include it. In the newly released book that that Chick put out, entitled Hot Topics, Jack Chick and David W. Daniels describe a pattern of disasters in the U.S. that appear to coincide with decisions by our leaders to give away Israel's land. Now, I'm going to document some of those today. This is not being made up, okay? This is fact. Fact. We're going to document some of them. There's been whole books written on this particular subject. And when, uh, I don't want to say more about it right now, but God calls Israel my land in the Bible, and it includes a lot more territory than Israel currently controls. Because again, they've given away so much, and and the, the uh, original biblical land of Israel was much larger. When God told the children of Israel to go in and possess the land, he set the borders from the river of, of Egypt in the south all the way up to the Euphrates River. Even though Israel has been scattered from their land because of disobedience, God has not changed his mind about it being his land, God's land. Okay, And Satan knows this, and I believe this is the very reason why there's all this demonic fervor on the on Islam's part to try to possess this land. It's demonically motivated. Understand? This is a spiritual battle that is demonically motivated. The 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 um, publication they put out called Hot Topics and the accompanying tract, which is entitled Somebody is Somebody Angry describe U.S. disasters totaling $147 billion that have struck simultaneously with our various attempts to pressure Israel to give up land for peace, just like Gaza. 
Okay, so every time we go over there and we pressure them to give up more land for peace, which never ever works as we're seeing, we have had disaster after disaster after disaster befall the United States to the tune of $147 billion. Maybe the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to get our attention regarding this issue. This isn't, this isn't something that really can be debated. It, it happened. And I'm going to document some of these. Uh, I've got, a, I've got, it's like a 21 page, uh, word document on this. And I'm just going to be talking about a little part of it today. I'm not going to go in total depth. Just for time reasons, we just don't have that, um, that time. There's a man, uh, Koenig, he wrote the book Eye to Eye in regard to this particular subject and where he documented all these events that happen. Now, Chick has all these different tracks, and you can go up to their website, I think it's chick.com, and you can actually click on the tracks, and they've got tracks in different languages, and you can go and you can read them online, you can send that link to other people, you can copy and paste them into, I've done that into Word documents before, uh, print them out, uh, you can also order the tracks from them. You can send them. You can do all these different things. And they're tremendous education tools. But this new track they just came out with is called Somebody's Angry um, is um, in regard to all these disasters that have befallen the United States when we've pressured them to give up land for peace. They, the, these, um, they describe how Great Britain turned against Israel during the World War II and has been reduced to a shadow of its former global power. When God chose Abraham out of Ur, he promised that in his descendants shall all the earth be blessed. Israel was later punished for disobedience and rejecting their Messiah. But it did not change God's attitude toward his land. He kept his promise to draw them back to it and to fight for it in the last days. Today, we are exactly where God predicted in Zechariah 12.3, In that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all the people. All, they, all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. That's what's awaiting Islam. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. And I believe that's in reference to Armageddon. Okay, Battle of Armageddon. It said, in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone. Isn't that what it, this is all centered around Jerusalem. I mean, we can talk about Israel, but the core, the heart of the matter is Jerusalem. And isn't it funny, the Islamic people have their second most holy site, the Dome of the Rock, on the Temple Mount in Israel. This threat hangs heavy over America's head as we pressure Israel to give up more of his land, including the present plan to give away part of Jerusalem for a capital of the Palestinian state. We need to use the new book, Hot Topics, and the track Somebody Angry to wake up this nation to the peril of God's wrath against this nation that tries to give away his land to his enemies. They're, they're very big on um, you know, giving out these types of things. The thing is, is the problem I run into most of the time is most of the time it doesn't matter what you put in front of someone's face. They, they don't really care whether they call themselves a born-again Christian or not. You can, you can put a lot of stuff in front of their face, but if they've already made up their mind about some particular topic, it's, you know... And, and again, that's why you need to pray before you do these things because most of the time it always boils down to a spiritual battle that you find yourself in. So the next article is entitled Israel 
and the consequences of taking her land. Uh, November 27th in Annapolis, Maryland, 42 countries are meeting for a peace conference to pressure Israel to give up its land. Now, this is past, okay? Uh, to give up its land in exchange for peace. Prime Minister Omert has been vocal about his willingness to give up the Golan Heights. Now, we talked about the Golan Heights some weeks ago in regard to the Tribe of Dan study that I did and, and how the Golan Heights r r relates to the Mount Hermon area in Bashan. And there's a lot of controversy that's always been in that area. Uh, but anyway, the temple uh, about... Uh, the Prime Minister Omer has been vocal about his willingness to give up the Golan Heights, the Temple Mount, and half of Jerusalem to create a Palestinian state. Can you imagine they give up half of, half of Jerusalem? Now the, now the terrorists are in the heart of Jerusalem, and they're going to do exactly what they did in Gaza. It's never going to end with these guys. I mean, I, hopefully we, we've established that by now. Historically, land for peace has never worked. Even today, Hamas, living in the formerly traded for peace Gaza has expressed plans to stage attacks to undermine the process and, well, and then again, 11,000 rockets later, and Iran has announced it finally has a missile, missile capable of reaching Israel. Iran. Okay, the president there has been very vocal about wanting to annihilate all of Israel. Yasser Arafat was very, very vocal, saying the only solution, ultimately, would be the total eradication and extermination of the Jews. I believe that Satan knows that, the, that much of the emphasis, biblically, is going to go back to the Jew in the tribulation. Blindness in part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. We're going to look at that verse more. I believe Satan knows this. And just like in the days of Noah, when Satan tried to kill all of humanity and corrupt the seed totally... Because the sons of men saw the daughters of God that they were fair. They came down, took them wise of all that they chose, according to Genesis 6. And in those days were giants in the land. And then it talks about the, the, the thoughts of man's mind was only evil continually. He was trying to so corrupt the seed. And he did such a good job that God had to destroy the whole world with the flood, save eight people on the ark. That's how good of a job Satan did. I believe Satan, knowing the plan of God, knowing what the book of Revelation says in particular... Regarding the Jew, regarding the end times and the tribulation, regarding Zechariah and Daniel, knowing that Satan understands the Bible, I believe that's why he's so trying to emphasize annihilating the Jews, because it's just like the days of Noah. He was trying to, at that time, he was trying to just kill everybody so that there would be no seed that could come and bruise his head, according to the prophecy in Genesis 3. Jesus Christ being that seed. He's trying to do the same thing with the Jews. So that the biblical prophecies of Revelation cannot be fulfilled. Hey, if he wipes out all the Jews, how are we going to have, you know, the tribes, the 144,000, the 12,000 from each tribe that's named by name, Jewish male virgins, very, very clear on that. If you don't believe it, email me. I got a, I got a document. I'm just going gonna, gonna to give you a Bible. I'm going to say, look, read the, what the Bible says. I don't have to say a whole lot. The Bible's very clear. You can try to spiritualize it all day long. Jewish male virgins that have not known women. Revelation 7, Revelation 14. Names the tribes by name. 
The tribe of Dan is not in there. It's replaced with the tribe of Manasseh. And I got into that in the teaching on Dan, why that is so, why I believe that's so. But a man emailed me recently and said, and pointed this out to me, and I promised him I would bring this up, and I'm sorry I waited so long to do this. Uh, But the tribe of Dan will be restored eventually. Because if you look at the foundations of um, the holy city, the New Jerusalem, where the tribes are written, Dan's one of the tribes. It's one of the first tribes mentioned. Now, I'm not going to do a study on that. But eventually, Dan even gets it right. Okay? So that, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> the, the, the Lord, you know, all things are possible. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Because that's, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm praise the Lord. I'm glad. You know? I don't want all Dan to be annihilated. But again, we could do a whole study on that. I just wanted to mention that because it's very noteworthy. So, if we go further with this, Israel's enemies, while Israel's enemies say peace, they have made it crystal clear they want a war resulting in nothing less than the Jewish Holocaust and the eradication of the entire Jewish race. That's it. That's why it's so amazing to me that they they can say there's such a religion of peace out of one side of their mouth and out of the other side of their mouth clearly state that we are at war, we are at jihad, and we are, the only solution is total eradication of the Jewish race. And then and then it would be any infidel, which in their term is an unbeliever in Islam. Slay the infidel, the Quran tells them. Behead them. Kill them. Very clear. Talks about the Jew and the Christian are going to roast in hell in the Quran. I got all the, I got all the, the, the verses that I'm talking about here if, out of the Quran in the in the document. <clears throat> Why should the world care about Israel? Well, one of the reasons God created uh, the Jews is that they are God's prophetic time clock. We can watch what is happening to them as a nation and know what is to come. This is why I'm part of the reason why I've done several studies on this because it, it impacts all of us, and particularly if you live in America, it's going to impact you when I believe America ends up turning its back totally on Israel. Whew, man, it's, oh, I don't know, uh, it, it, all the stuff that's coming, that could be the triggering point for a lot of God's judgment falling on America. It could be, you know, I, I again, I, I'm not, a, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball, I'm not a swami. I always wanted that title though, swami, you know, I, I think I, I would do well with that title, sorry, I'm just kidding. Anyway, we can watch what is happening to them as a nation and know what is to come. There are four major prophecies concerning Israel whose fulfillment, we are told, will identify the end times. The Jews will be regathered to Israel from the four corners of the earth, according to Isaiah 11, 11 through 12. And then the fulfillment of this prophecy began in the 1890s and continues to this day. The state of Israel will be reestablished. According to Isaiah 66, 7 and 8, Ezekiel 37, 11 and 12, this prophecy was fulfilled on May 14, 1948. The Jews then will reoccupy the city of Jerusalem according to Zechariah 8, 4 through 8. This prophecy was fulfilled on June 7, 1967. Hey, the Bible's true once again. It's always true. Praise the Lord. The whole world will come against Israel over the over the issue of who will control Jerusalem, according to Zechariah one through three. 
And I believe that's, is that the verse that I just read here? Yeah, that was, that was Zechariah 12.3 that I just read, where, where it talks about, in that day will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone. Okay? So again, these are all things that are prophesied. Now, this peace conference that was mentioned is a living, breathing example of basically them, you know, coming against Israel, trying to split up her land in, in these types of things. You know, what, what right do all these countries have to do to come together to try to pressure Israel to do this? I mean, do we have all these countries coming to America saying, you need to give up Maine. You need to, you need to give that to uh, Islam. You know, it's ridiculous. This doesn't happen in other parts of the earth. But Israel is this big exception to the rule. What will the result of the United States from all the peace conferences and pressure to give up more land, what will result in all this? The result will be, a, will be staggering to America, and it has already been staggering. William Koenig, a White House correspondent, wrote a book entitled Eye to Eye. The thesis of the book is that many of the natural calamities, economic setbacks, and political crises experienced in the United States since 1991 have been directly related to the actions we have taken to force Israel to surrender territory to the Arabs. For example, the Madrid Conference, October 30th, 1991. This began the land for peace process. This is when it started. October 31st, 1991, a record-breaking storm struck along the Atlantic seacoast, which pr produced 100-foot-high waves at the same time. Then, August 24th, 1992, round six of the bilateral peace talks. The U.S. insisted Yishak Rabin come to Washington, D.C. to meet with Yasser Arafat. Hurricane Andrew slammed into Florida with damage amounting to over $30 billion. Hurricane Andrew. At the time, I think that was the worst, one of the worst natural disasters ever, as far as monetary and then loss of life, a lot of that too. Kind of funny, that happened the same time as that conference that we just referenced. Here's another one, September of 1998. Air, Yasser Arafat at the United Nations, he was invited to speak to a special session of the United Nations that was held in New York. President Clinton arranged a meeting with him to put pressure on Israel. As the meeting took place, Hurricane George smashed into the Gulf Coast, causing another $6 billion in damage. Then, Yasser Arafat and the Palestinian state, May 4, 1999, with President Clinton's encouragement, Arafat announced that he was going to proclaim a Palestinian state. The most powerful tornado in U.S. history then tore through Oklahoma City with wind speeds of 316 miles per hour, destroying over 2,000 homes. You think God's trying to maybe get our attention? Why isn't this reported on the news? The connection. Oh no, we can't say that. Camp David Summit, July 11th through 24th, 2000. President Clinton hosted a summit conference between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. A major heat wave then struck the south uh, central U.S. Fires broke out in western states. At one point, there were over 50 active fires that consumed over 500,000 acres before the months ended. Here's another one. April 30th through May 4th, 2003, a little more current, the Middle Eastern Peace Plan, U.S. Ambassador Kurt Kurtzer presented the roadmap 
for the peace plan to Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, calling for a surrender of the Golan Heights, which is a very strategic area in the Mount Hermon area, okay, where they could, you know, really launch the rockets. Over the next seven days, 412 tornadoes tore apart the central United States. 412 over the next seven days. Oh, is that a coincidence? The largest cluster ever observed by NOAA since it began its record-keeping in 1950. And it happened right in conjunction with this. The previous record had been 177 in 1999. So, (laughs) over the next seven days, after this conference, 412 tornadoes tore apart central United States. And before that, the largest cluster that had ever been documented... From, from 1950 was 177 in 1999. How could that be a coincidence? Here's another one. The Gaza withdrawal. Remember what we talked, we've been talking about all day today? The Gaza withdrawal? Well, this is when it happened. October 7th through the 22nd, 2005. Nearly 9,000 Jews are forced to leave their homes in Gaza. And again, all these people talking about how this is this terrible thing. We, they gave them Gaza to begin with, to try to appease them. For the peace, oh, we'll live in peace as long as you give us Gaza. Oh yeah, they really kept their end of the bargain there. But the pro-Muslim people, the Muslims won't mention this. They, oh, now you're in our land. It's as though they never were there and it's as though they never were given this land. I just, I really love to just point out the hypocrisy at every step of the way, because it needs to be pointed out. The withdrawal, this Gaza withdrawal, ended on August 22nd. On the very next day, the government of Bermuda announced that a tropical depression had formed off its coast. Guess what the tropical depression became? Katrina. The storm quickly developed into the most powerful hurricane, powerful and damaging hurricane in modern history. It slammed into New Orleans and into Mississippi coast four days later on the 27th. Devastating New Orleans. Devastating the oil uh, supply in this country. Displacing thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Who knows how many deaths really happened from that? Because we're not going to... We never get accurate death counts from these hurricanes. Let me tell you that. We never do. Not in America. We don't get them. I know for a fact we had one come through... Here was Charlie, right north of where I live, and there were bodies, I know first-hand accounts, three different people that I talked to that were there after it happened. There was all kind of bodies, and they said they had this little puny death count. It's a lie. Lies. I mean, every time we have these natural disasters, they always way underestimate the death counts. So what I just read is just two pages of a 21-page document I have on this. This is just the tip of the iceberg regarding the subject. This isn't my opinion. This has nothing to do... Some of this stuff, oh, that's your opinion. This is not my opinion. I'm just documenting stuff here. This is a subject that is near and dear to God's heart. The next article is entitled, and now we're going to kind of segue into another phase of this, of this particular subject we're talking about. Because these current events all fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. 
United Nations, it's entitled United Nations Interfaith Summit has significantly enhanced the coming global religion of the Antichrist and the false prophet. This is from Cunning Edge. Now, David Bay's talking here. On August 18, 1991, David Bay of Cunning Edge, I was sneaked into a members-only meeting of the Boston headquarters of the House of Theosophy. Now remember, Madame Blavatsky was the one that started the House of Theosophy. The- Theosophy, okay? Which essentially believes that Lucifer is God. Okay? That's essentially what they, what they, they worship Lucifer. They commune with ascended, what they call ascended masters. The House of Philosophy plays very much into the United Nations. It plays very much into Lord Maitreya. Do you know if you go up to Lord Maitreya's website, the guy that I've been talking about has the potential for either, you know, the Antichrist. He's going to play some way into the end time scenario, I believe, in a very big way. If not the Antichrist, in some very big way. Up on his website, you wouldn't believe how many times he references Madam H.P. Blavatsky, the starter, the, the founder of Theosophy. She communed with these ascended masters. She's got a picture of her in some of these ascended masters. I saw the black and white. It all ties together is the point here. Okay, So, David Bay was snuck into a members-only meeting at the Boston headquarters House of Theosophy and learned that the Illuminati had very specific plans to create a one-world religion which would set Jerusalem as the holy city for the three major monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. It's what the Illuminati is planning. Now remember, God uses the wicked. He uses them to do his bidding. He permits them to go in a particular area, but just like God hardened Pharaoh's heart to ultimately get him to act in a... The Bible talks about vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction. I don't quite understand the whole concept, but he acts as though they were created. Vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction. Okay, it doesn't mean I'm Mr. Hardcore Calvinist or something like that. Okay, Let's have biblical balance when we examine that particular thing. The Bible talks about that the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. That's what the Bible says. Does that mean I think, oh no, we just don't witness, we just sit back and do nothing? No, not saying that at all. Through God, all things are possible. So again, let's please have some biblical balance in regard to that subject. Let us quote from the, meet, the segment of the meeting of one of these notes. This was at the House of Theosophy, where he was sitting there, he was taking notes. Here is one of the notes. Then, and only then, will it be possible to build a combination temple-church-mosque in Jerusalem. Bill Lambert, who evidently, Bill Lambert was the guy that was presiding over this House of Theosophy meeting, Bill Lambert refused to say that this combination church building would be built on the Temple Mount. Uh, as I... David Bay directly questioned him, but note that the specific part of the New World Order plan called the New Jerusalem Covenant Project, that's what it's called, the New Jerusalem Covenant Project, this is part of the New World Order plan, envisions the establishment of a combination religious Jerusalem, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. Bill further stated that any purely political 
settlement in the in the Middle East would not by itself bring peace. We're seeing the evidence of that right now. You can't just have a purely uh, political settlement, or let's say we give them the Palestinian. You think that's going to change anything? It's not going to change a thing. They're just going to have a a much closer base to launch their rockets from. That's the only thing that's going to change for the uh, Muslims. So in other words, a purely political settlement would leave the religious nature of the problem unsolved. Because isn't this a religious, supposedly a religious problem that we're dealing with here? Because the Quran says you've got to kill the Jew. got to eradicate him. Okay? So the only way the Islamic people could truly get on board is through a religious solution. Not a political solution, because politics is, is nothing they respect. They could care less. They're trying to serve Allah in the best way they know how, and that's through eradication of the Jewish race and all infidels eventually. So in other words, a purely political settlement would leave the religious nature of the problem unsolved. Any permanent solution to the Middle East conflict would also have to see the religious portion of the problem solved. Doesn't that stand to reason? It's just, again, common sense. Once this, religion pro- once this religious problem is solved, then the power and the influence of the Orthodox Jews in Israel would permanently decline. This segment reveals that the Illuminati plans to make Jerusalem a world religious capital where the three monotheistic religions will share the city and a new combination temple, church, mosque. Not necessarily on the Temple Mount, though, because Lambert uses the term combined Jewish-Christian-Muslim sector in Jerusalem, as we see below. Uh, Then he goes on to say, but then the House of Theosophy director Bill Lambert dropped a genuine bombshell. At the proper moment in history, the Pope will visit the combined Jewish-Christian-Muslim sector of Jerusalem to announce that all religions should be combined into one. Hey, we gotta all get on the same page. If we're all gonna, if, 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 you know, the majority of the world is gonna bow down and worship the Antichrist and the false prophet, take the mark of the beast, we can't have all this division with these religions. We've got to get on the same page primary way that's going to happen, not only is through demonic infestation, not only through mind control that I had mentioned earlier with the technology that they possess, but the Bible talks about that when Satan comes, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to come with all lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles, and if it were possible, he shall deceive the very elect. That's how it's going to happen. Through lying signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that's the same reason why Jesus Christ said that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That's why we don't want to go by signs and wonders. We want to stick to the Word of God, the King James Bible. It's all you need. And if you supposedly get a new revelation that contradicts the Word of God, then the new revelation you receive was not from God. You compare it to the word of God, which is like the anvil of truth. And if it doesn't line up with the anvil of truth, it's not of God. The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's settled. Going further, now I'm not saying that doesn't mean God can't speak to you about a particular matter, but you better compare it to what the word of God says, and it, and it better line up. And, it, and if you think you're hearing from God on a consistent basis, it better consistently line up. Because the devil is the master counterfeiter. Remember that. It's said that Satan can appear as an angel of light, and it's no marvel that his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness. 
Okay? So, if you get nine things supposedly from God, and then all of a sudden the tenth thing totally contradicts the word of God, he may have been setting you up just so that you believe the tenth. Just be careful is all I'm saying about this. Compare it to the word of God. Test the spirits to see if they be of God. Walk circumspectly. Be sober, be vigilant. For the devil, as is a roaring lion, seeking whom, may, whom he may devour, okay, roams about. Just, just be careful is all I'm saying. And then he goes on to say, um, so then they're, they're talking about that at the proper time, the Pope will visit the combined... Now, the Catholic religion is the most, and, and really, if you look at it from a biblical perspective, is from an infrastructure from a logistic perspective, is the most likely, obvious, and most obvious biblical candidate from which the one world church whore system will pull under its wings, will envelop. We all got to get, the world has to get on the same page in order to have a one world religion. Logistically speaking, infrastructurally speaking, the Catholic church is the best set up to do that. And biblically speaking, there's all kind of cases you can make for that as well. I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail today, but I'm just stating that. So, the Pope will come to the sector of Jerusalem, announce that all religions should be combined into one, and then he's saying this action will finally break the Middle East logjam. Now, most likely, I think this is going to be in conjunction, conjunction with a lot of other things going on, probably at the end of World War III that will take place between Israel and the Middle East, and hopefully um, America has not turned her back on Israel at that point. Uh, the Antichrist will most likely come out of the ashes of World War III, and if the, if the Pope is the false prophet, which a lot of people have, have said, made uh, good cases that that will be the case, uh that will be a scenario where the Pope can then point to the Antichrist. Okay, and say, this is the man, okay, that's going to lead us in peace. Okay, he's going to come, he's going to establish a covenant, he's going to confirm the covenant with many for a week, Israel and all these nations, and I believe it's going to be primarily through the lying signs and wonders and miracles that these people are going to drop their denominational or their doctrinal differences and say, hey, listen, we need to get on the same page. These lying signs and wonders are so impressive, you know. <clears throat> Not only that, think about this. This Lord Betraya character, who I call Devil Betraya, he's portraying himself as the savior that so many different, all the major religious systems of the world are expecting. The Imam Mahdi of the Islamic people. He's saying he is that. He's saying he is Jesus Christ, basically reincarnated, and he is the fifth Buddha, who the Buddhists are waiting for. He's Jesus Christ, who the Christians are waiting for to come back. He is the Messiah, who the Jews are waiting for to come back. And he's going to be able to prove all of the different various and little sundry things that they're waiting for in their religious books. Most likely, he's going to be able to to confirm those things, or to cast enough doubt on the validity of their religious books like the Bible or 
the Quran or these things, or cast enough doubt on those where people will be willing to set aside what they believe is truth and accept him, you know, as their Messiah. He is also saying he is Krishna. Okay, to the Hindus. <clears throat> he's saying he's all that in one. He's all wrapped up into one thing. And he's been saying this a long time, and he's the main guy the United Nations have been promoting for a number of years. I've done several teachings on Maitreya. Uh, you can go and you can just type in M-A-I-T. M-A-I-T-R. Just part of the word in my keyword search box on my homepage, and you can see all the... I've done a whole bunch on him alone. Going further, when the right moment in history finally occurs, the Roman Catholic Pontiff will step onto the stage in Jerusalem and will proclaim that all world religions must combine under his headship. Earlier this year, a special planning document was released which seemed to incorporate a great deal of the above plans that were just mentioned to make Jerusalem a capital of all faiths and where Judaism, Christianity, and Islam can peacefully coexist. <laughs> That's Biblically, that can never happen. Okay, They may get on the same page for a while or whatever, but it's all going to be through deceit and manipulation and mind control. <clears throat> Please take the time to read this most important document. He actually has a link to this document, and it's called the Inner Religious Peace Summit, uh, Jerusalem 2008. <clears throat> and this was put out by Cutting Edge. If you go up to Cutting Edge and you do a key and you search, search for uh, Interreligious Peace Summit, and then you can also throw in Jerusalem 2008. You'll find it now. Cutting Edge to access a lot of their articles, you, it's a subscription fee and it's like twenty five dollars a year, but they've got a lot of things up there that I, you know I think it makes it worth it. And then he says, right on schedule, the United Nations met this past week to hold an interfaith summit sponsored by Israel and Saudi Arabia. And it, that article was entitled, uh, UN Holds Interfaith Dialogue, by Margaret Beecher at the United Nations Voice of America, November 12, 2008. The UN General Assembly began a special two-day session Wednesday focused on the importance of promoting interfaith dialogue in order to strengthen world peace and stability talks about in the Bible, it says they will cry peace, 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 peace and safety, and then sudden calamity. <laughs> it's like you're going to the devil and trying to get peace. It doesn't work. More than a dozen world leaders are scheduled to attend, including President Bush. In fact, Israel was represented by the highest levels of her civilian government, President Shimon Peres and Foreign Minister Livni. <clears throat> the Foreign Minister is considered to be the leading candidate right now to be the next Israeli prime minister. And we talked about that earlier. That stand good enough guy I talked about. He would be very, very, very sympathetic to a two-state solution, having a Palestinian state within Israel. And again, you know that his allegiance is to the Illuminati. It's not true. It's not to um, biblical standards or traditions you know, wanting to preserve Israel as its own land. It's not to that at all. Few facts are available right now, but the United Nations Conference seems to set the stage for Jerusalem to be the religious capital of the world. And for the Roman Catholic Pope to soon visit the combination Jewish-Christian-Muslim sector of Jerusalem to announce that all religions should be combined into one. It's coming, it's just a matter of time. 
Bible, the Bible is clear on this. It's just a matter of time. All I'm doing is kind of pointing out the obvious here. The New World Order religion, which shall combine all faiths into one, under the leadership of the Pope, will then be a reality. This part of the Illuminati plan thus officially designates the Catholic Pope as the false prophet, the second beast of Revelation 13. That's cutting edges take. And I think there's a lot of people that make a good case for that. Okay? I'm not going to get dogmatic. You know, there's a lot of people say, oh, it's got to be Prince Charles, it's gotta be, or it's got to be Lord Maitreya, or it's got to be the Pope. I've just seen too many people make real super, super dogmatic predictions about things and it doesn't come to pass. Okay, so I'm going to present the facts. You, you make up your own mind. We're all going to know soon enough. <laughs> so We're all going to know soon enough. Pre-trib rapture, we're all going to know soon enough. I don't, I don't even want to argue about it anymore. We're all going to know soon enough. Bottom line, okay? We are witnessing the development of the prophesied one world religion in our daily news, essentially. Okay, now, this is a very interesting thing. Um, I've been so busy with this, this ministry, literally like yesterday, I just sat at the computer all day long, and all I did was answer the battery of questions that came in, and then got that done, hit the send and receive, and then had a whole other battery. It literally went like that the whole day. I'm getting so overwhelmed with emails that I, I literally, I didn't even have any of this done, what we're talking about today. I had, to, I had to just at one point just stop and say, I've got to do this because I'm not going to have a study to put out tomorrow. Now, I'd already set the information aside and had a pretty good idea what I was going to do, but I believe the Lord leads me in how to do these particular studies. And today is kind of a compilation of different things, uh, but I would ask you to pray for me because it's to the point where it's beyond a full-time job for, for me to, to get all of this done and, and to try to even get a study done now is becoming harder and harder for me because I just don't have the time. I'm trying to answer everybody's questions. And I'm doing it all myself and praise the Lord. I mean, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. I'm not complaining. It's just, logistically speaking, a matter of time for me. But this book, I quoted from this before when we talked about Baalback and the tribe of Dan and Baalback's proximity to Mount Hermon and these types of things. Well, this is um, called Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, The Coming Great Deception, and the Luciferian Endgame. This is by L.A. Marzula. Okay, now, he's got a very, very interesting... Um, it's, it's a very interesting book. Okay, but the end of the book, on page 217, he gives a... I'm going to read this to you, because it ties into what we're talking about. Here. And it ties into a lot of what we've talked about in the past as well. But the title of this little sub, subtitle of the subchapter is called How and Why People Will Believe the Lie. Remember the Bible talks about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that God will send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. Okay, This is all part, what, the stuff we're talking about today and the stuff we're going to be talking about next is part of that. How is this going to come to pass? What deception is going to be so great that people are willing to put down their denominational differences and all get on the same page and supposedly all play nice? I mean, hey, if you can make the Islamic people play nice and get on the same page as the Jew, that's going to have to be something really, really super extraordinary. Okay? I mean, just look at what we just talked about here. So, this is a fictional account, but I believe there's a lot of truth in, in how this is presented. 
Imagine walking one Saturday morning, grabbing a mug of hot coffee, settling into your favorite easy chair, and using your remote to turn on the television. Imagine then staring in disbelief as reporters state that New York, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles have been attacked by what appears to be dirty bombs. Now remember, all it's going to take is one of these false flag nuclear events on American soil to declare martial law in America. And then the gloves really can come off, if God permits it to happen. So, imagine if that was the the headline. Now, I believe this is just a matter of time. This scenario that we're talking about here, whether it happens exactly in this order, or it's a matter of time. Remember, order out of chaos. And yes, God is permitting this to happen. To fulfill his ultimate will. News coverage shows thousands of terrified fleeing people trying to get out of harm's way from these, these uh, dirty bombs. While you're watching, another alert interrupts the broadcast. And you see an aerial view of Chicago. The announcer explains that an explosion has just occurred and it appears to be yet another terrorist attack. Remember 9-11? You know, the Twin Towers are coming down, they're attacking the Pentagon. All by design for maximum impact, okay? All by design for maximum impact. Now, regarding 9-11, I've got a whole email that if you believe that that was just some random terrorist act, just email me and I'll send it to you. And, you know, nobody's ever even remotely refuted this thing. I mean, it is so many different credible sources talking about that particular event. It's just... Anyway, I don't want to even go down that rabbit trail. So, the scene then changes again, and you'll notice that the newscaster looks pale. He reports that the combined forces of Iran, Syria, and possibly Chechnya and Russia, along with other nations, have attacked the nation of Israel. Now, that would make sense in a way, because think about it. If, supposedly, if Islam was fomenting some plan and seething in anger and hate toward the Jews, and toward the great Satan America, because that's how we're referred to, because we're allies with Israel, wouldn't it make sense if they truly were going to do some attack against America? Wouldn't that make sense that they would attack Israel at the same time? For maximum terror impact, to, to really establish their point? So, and then this reporter goes on to say, He cautions that reports are sketchy, but it appears that Israel has responded to the attack by using its nuclear arsenal. Israel's got a whole bunch of nuclear weapons. Don't kid yourself. They've got some of the most advanced technology on the planet. So Israel is not helpless or defenseless. And then it says your heart begins to race and you try to make a telephone call, but the lines are all jammed and you cannot get through. The day passes slowly, and the reports from the Middle East indicate that there have been mass casualties sustained by attacking armies. You watch as the first film of the area is shown. You see a blacked, scorched earth where twisted remains of men and machines lay. The unthinkable has happened. You cover your face and your hands and weep. Now, from somebody that's just totally in the world, living for today, living for themselves, unsaved, undone, this is going to be so... I'm not saying it's not going to affect the Christian, the carnage, okay? But I'm talking about somebody that has their hope in this world. Somebody just average, I mean, I, I, just, I can only think of the average American, worldly American, which I live in that environment. And I just think how they've invested all of their life in getting stuff. And this world, and in acquiring things, and knowing that 
you know, now the economy has been collapsing and the global economic, which is probably the, the first start of all the stuff that we're describing here today, knowing how they've put their hope in this present world. You know, now you have this going on in conjunction with the global economic collapse. And one scenario I don't believe he mentions in here is possibly something like an avian flu pandemic. Okay? Imagine having all that happen at the same time. Maximum, maximum chaos. And the government will have the solution. But it will be taking away more of your rights, forced vaccinations, concentration camps, things of this nature, if you want to go that route. I don't think you do. Now, the Lord is perfectly capable of hiding his remnant and protecting them. Not to say there's not going to be many that are martyred. Okay? But, and, and, and to not say that would be to say, okay, let's look at the last hundred years and look at all the people that are even dying in Africa right now, or China, or all these places around the world that it's not being reported on the news, Christians that are dying for their faith. That would be like a slap in the face to them to say, well... He, yeah, they're all going to die, but us Americans, we're going to be protected because we're so much better. Give me a break. If I got what I deserved, all I, all I get is death and hell. I realize that more and more every day. That's all I deserve in the flesh. That's it. All I deserve is death and hell, Scott Johnson. It's what I believe about myself. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, that's all I deserve. I praise God for his mercy that he saved a wretched soul like mine. I consider the pit from whence I was dug, as the Bible talks about. So, going further, it says, then, a day later, something happens that you are not ready for. All the movies you have seen and the books you have read still did not prepare you for what is happening. The television has been on all night and you have slept in your easy chair, still in your pajamas from the day before. And just trust me, rest assured that the television... Or there's probably going to be other outlets, but the television will be the main one. Particularly if they have this digital TV implemented when all this goes down, which is one of the reasons I believe they're wanting to get it implemented. They're having trouble, though. Barack Obama actually said the other day he wanted an extension on it because there's so many people that are not on board yet. Despite all of the constant advertising on American television, said, you got to get your... Digital converter box, and and then all of us, and they're so concerned about us having this nice, crisp, crisp quality TV in the midst of the economic collapse. It, it kind of makes you wonder what kind of technology they're building into these these converter boxes and these new TVs that are going to be digital uh, capable and ready. It's going to be a form of mind control. You have the TV going on. You got the mind control aspect of it. You have the harp and the Gwyn towers, and who knows what else they've got. The only thing that's gonna that's that's going to be any type of protection to you is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's way too much technology they have for us to ever be able to combat in the flesh. But remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than all of that. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. And I've done a whole teaching on what the t- concept of overcoming. You know? They that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. That doesn't mean we're saved by works. But the evidence of our salvation is enduring to the end. Okay, there's a difference, okay? I can show you my faith by my works, but works do not come before faith. If you think works is what gets you saved, you're on your way to hell, just like the Catholics. Oh, I just keep the seven sacraments, and I go, as long as I do this and I do, give me a break. 
For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Praise the Lord. There's nothing I could do to earn it. It is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. We all doth, we all together do us fade as doth a leaf. Okay, so you have to get that straight too. So, going back to this, it says, The television has been on all night. You've slept in your easy chair, still in your pajamas from the day before. You, stayed at the, you stare at the picture on the television, set and wonder if this is some sort of sick joke being played. You wonder if it is a ploy of the government. You ask yourself what you're looking at could possibly be real. You see a place that you've never seen before, but you recognize it... No, you see a place you have seen before. You recognize it as the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. What's the Dome of the Rock? I just said this. It's the second most holiest site in Islam. Okay, I believe Mecca is the first, Dome of the Rock is the second. This is one of the reasons, supposedly, they want Jerusalem so bad, because it has their second most holy site or whatever. Isn't that funny how Satan's prepositioned the Dome of the Rock there on the Temple Mount, knowing that the temple's going to be rebuilt there? It's kind of like he put it there to block it so that the Bible wouldn't happen, just like he's trying to wipe out all the Jews so that, like, Revelation 7 can't happen, where the twelve, where the 144,000 from the 12 tribes, Jewish male virgins, can go about and evangelize the world. Isn't that kind of funny? That he's trying to do all that, just like he did in the days of Noah, he's trying to wipe every the, the seed of mankind out. He's always trying. And people say, well, we don't even know who the 12 tribes are anymore. You know what? God does. God does. He knows who they are. Anyway. So... The thing that you're looking at on the TV now is the Stone of the Rock. Now remember, this is a fictional account, but I believe this is very much plausible, the scenario that he's painting here. The camera then pans back and above the dome. There are several craft. They are metallic looking. And the glint on the, sur on the sun's rays reflects off them. They appear to be motionless. The camera pans back to a nervous reporter who says that these craft first appeared a short while ago. He states that the contact has apparently been made with the alien craft, these UFOs, above the Dome of the Rock. What better place to appear to get people's attention? Be like laying on the White House lawn. The day goes by, and the President of the United States addresses the nation. Remember, I've talked about disclosure a lot. All this stuff that, that Hollywood has prepared us for, with the aliens and the UFOs and the abductions and all these things and all of the channeling that's been done and what these ascended masters have been saying, and the New Age movement, which is going to be the essence of the coming one world religion, do you think they've put all this effort into all that so that nothing will ever become of any of it? The day goes by and the President of the United States addresses the nation. He has a special announcement. Oh, I bet it's special. You listen as he, and most likely this will be Obama. If it goes down this way. And, and again, this is, this is a fictional scenario. But one way or another, something, these types of events are going to happen one way or another in, in the future. You listen as he explains that the extraterrestrial craft have revealed themselves at this time and we have chosen to, inter and have chosen to intervene in our affairs. Because 
of the use of weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East. One of the main themes that a lot of people that get abducted say is that the aliens are like real, real nervous about us using nuclear weapons. And because they created us, which is what they say, you know, we're their little science project that they created millions and millions of years ago. And this is the ancient astronaut theory. I've done a whole teaching on ancient astronaut. Just can't ancient, and you'll hear it. Now they've got to come back and police their little science project, meaning the human race, because now we're using nukes and they can't have that. Now they've got to step in. They've been patient enough, but now they're going to have to step in and save us from ourselves. These malevolent beings that, that all these people you know, have gotten abducted by and these types of things, and they undergo all these horrific, torturous things, implantation and, and um, all these heinous experiments... And the people, when they come in the room, they sense just pure evil. But they know what's best for us, evidently. Then he goes on and he elaborates and says that the ET presence, the extraterrestrial presence, is peaceful. Whatever. Peaceful. But they will not allow us to destroy ourselves. Because they take credit for our evolution. Yeah. Now, this was best explained in the show Mission to Mars. If you ever want, I'm not saying go out and, and rent it. You can go up on YouTube and, and key in Mission to Mars last scene. You'll see it. And it shows you how they go up, they go to Mars, they discover this big gigantic pyramid. The guy goes in, and basically the alien shows them. We created you. And he shows them this panoramic picture in front of him of time gone by, of, of when this all happened. And basically the aliens were on Mars all these billions of years ago, and Mars got hit by a comet, and I'm talking about Mission of Mars, this is the scenario they paint, and they had to get out of there. The, the aliens had to get out of there. But what they did do in their benevolent way, is they, as they were leaving, they shot a couple pods toward Earth. And when these pods hit Earth, they went into the ocean and formed out of the primordial goo the start of the human species. And we were just, you know, two-cell amoebas at that point. As the evolutionists and as the evolution books state, oh, the rain rained on the rocks for millions of years, and out of the primordial sludge formed a two-cell amoeba, and out of the two-cell amoeba formed, you know, Mr. Lizard Guy, and Mr. Lizard Guy then formed into Mr. Bunny Rabbit, or however, whatever scenario they've got. And then that eventually turned into, you know, Mr. Monkey Guy, and then Mr. Piltdown Man of Cro-Magnon Man. What, what an asinine theory. That is just nuts. But that's what they say. And the word asinine is not a cuss word. It's a word. It's not a cuss word. So anyway, ludicrous. Absolutely, totally ludicrous. But you understand that this is the message that is being sent by the Ascended Masters, by, like Laura Maitreya, by all these people that have gotten abducted into the millions. Are they all nuts? By Hollywood, by people that channel spirits, by people that communicate with the dead, and they always de-emphasize Jesus Christ. Oh, he was, he was a good man, but he's one of us. He's one of the ascended masters. 
fact, Laura Maitreya goes so far as to say he was the power, he overshadowed Jesus in his last three and a half years of his ministry. And the only reason Jesus was able to accomplish the miracles he was able to accomplish was because Laura Maitreya went in spirit form and indwelt him and gave him the power to do what he did. What pure, total blasphemy. This deception is coming. It's going to be a deception unlike the world has ever, ever seen. And it's primarily, primarily going to be wanting to target the Christians. Yes, but you have to understand, the rest of the world, the people that are not Christians are, are not born again, they're already in Satan's. They're already open to this. They're already ripe for the picking. Satan would be more concerned about shaking the faith of the remnant. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect with the lying signs and wonders and miracles. And most likely, this is going to occur at the same time. This is all going to happen in close proximity to induce maximum shock. Satan's good at what he does. You've got to give him that. I'm not praising him. I'm just saying he's good at what he does. He's had thousands and thousands of years to hone his craft. He was the anointed cherub that covereth probably the highest angelic-like being in the heavens. He wasn't, a, he wasn't an angel. He was a cherub. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. As the Bible refers to him as. Going further, I'm just going to reiterate, this president, most likely Obama, elaborates that the ET presence is peaceful, but they will not allow us to destroy ourselves because they take credit for our evolution. Which is the reason they have revealed themselves at this critical juncture in our history. Now this is what, they, this is what they've been saying they're going to do in the very near future anyway. This is called disclosure. Okay. He then explains that directly following his announcement, the superior technology of the extraterrestrials will take control of the world's television airways. How easy would that be? So that all channels everywhere, all the inhabitants of the Earth, will see the message simultaneously. Now, what the what uh, Lord Maitreya has been saying, Devil Maitreya, what he's been saying, he's been talking about this miracle that's going to happen where we're going to see a light in the sky for seven days, day and night. Now, people have been emailing and say, yeah, I saw this bright star. Okay, that's well and good, but understand, the star has to appear in the sky both day and night. Day and night. Now, that, that's pretty much a miracle in and of itself. Day and night for seven days straight. And then at that point, he's going to make his announcement, which is called the Day of Declaration. I don't think it's gotten bad enough yet for that to happen. Personally, I don't think it's gotten bad enough. I think that this is something that... It's got to get a whole lot worse for this to happen. I may be wrong. I don't know. But, that's what he's plainly saying. He's going to have his day of declaration. He's going to telepathically communicate with all humans on the day of declaration. He's going to sit down and do a major media interview with American television. He's been saying this for decades, okay? Now, isn't it kind of funny that we've got Lord Maitreya actually being advertised now on the Wall Street Journal under Market Watch? They put out a big thing about this miracle that's coming, pointing everybody to Share International, which is Lord Maitreya's United Nations-sponsored website. Isn't that a little bit funny that all this is happening in conjunction with one another? Huh. Yeah, it's happening. Isn't it funny that he was on Nancy Grace the other day? She They advertised her this this Share International, Nancy Grace, on one of the commercials. He was also advertised, the same commercial was also advertised on Rush Limbaugh. Now, these are first 
hand, I had different people from different parts of the country either emailing me or calling me, telling me that they heard it or they saw it on TV. Then another guy emailed me and said it was on the History Channel. The same message. I found the advertisement the other day on the internet. I watched it. Sure enough, Laura Matreya shows like the space picture and Laura Matreya and he's going to have this miracle and you're going to see a star in the sky, uh, uh, unbelievably bright star, day and night for seven days and then at the end of that he's going to do a major interview. Now, is that a big enough miracle for you? Star in the sky, seven days, day and night, and he controls that? You understand why people are going to bow down and worship him? This guy, they're going to say, can control the stars. No, you know what it is? He who now letteth will let and he'll be until he be taken out of the way, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then it says, and then that wicked one will be revealed, who the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming and these types of things. The wicked that will be revealed, the Antichrist, is being restrained right now. He who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. When he, when the restraining force that's keeping this back from happening right now is taken out of the way, then the Antichrist is going to be allowed to manifest. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the one in control of this. Let's go further. Uh, the president will then explain that directly following his announcement, the superior technology of the extraterrestrials will take control of the world's television airways so that every channel everywhere and all that happens to the earth will see the message simultaneously. I believe this has a lot to do with this digital changeover, the sound of silence technology that has a patent on it that's used as mind control. Not only that, they can digitally manipulate the picture and show you whatever they want to show you, and it'll look authentic. The broadcast begins with an aerial view of the parting of the Red Sea. Think about that. One of the first things they're going to do is attack the Word of God. Because the Word of God is what's going to judge them in the end. They're going to attack and discredit the Word of God. Why aren't they going to, why aren't they going to show us some ancient Hindu thing or some ancient Buddhist thing? Because they're already in Satan's camp. They're going to go right for the juggler. The broadcast begins with an aerial view of the parting of the Red Sea. The water has been heaped up on itself, creating walls of water which leave a dry strip of land between. You watch as thousands of people begin to walk on dry land in, be, in between the standing waters. You realize that this movie was not filmed in Hollywood. Understand, they're going to show you that they're going to show you the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They're going to show, or, or their version of it. They're going to show you all these biblical events in their own distorted way and say, listen, this is what really happened. Your Bible got perverted. It got distorted. The Bible's not really real. It got corrupted over the years. This isn't what really happened. This isn't really what the Bible says. How many people, how many Christians are prepared to deal with this scenario that I just put in front of you? What will it take for you to fall away? Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 The other one was 1 Timothy 4.1 So really, 
we're the Bible predicts this is going to happen. All lines, signs, and wonders. I think this would fall under that classification. And a lot of it's going to have to do with technology. A lot of it's going to have to do with technology that's already built in to your television. If you've got, if it's digitally ready. Now, I'm not saying he has to have that for this scenario to happen. But it's not going to hurt. And they're going to cast all of this doubt, particularly on the Christian faith. Because the Christian faith, the Bible-believing faith of the Bible, is the one faith that is exclusive and separate and distinct from all the rest. Because that's the one faith where you just have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. See, all the other religions involve works. You gotta do, you gotta go, you gotta do this, you gotta pray to Allah, you gotta bow to Mecca, you gotta, you gotta pray the rosary, you gotta do your seven sacraments, you gotta be a good Jehovah Witness, you gotta be a good Mormon, you gotta go to the temple, you gotta wear your magic Mormon underwear. And they really do, they wear magic Mormon underwear. I, that's what I call them. You gotta do all this stuff. You know? You're a Hindu, you gotta worship the dung god, you gotta worship Kali, you gotta worship, you know, Shiva. You gotta go through all the stuff. You gotta jump, jump through all these demonic, satanic hoops to get to where you're gonna go. You know where it's gonna take you to hell. That's the only place it's gonna take you. Remember, all of our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are cleansed, we are washed, we are justified, we are sanctified through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about in Revelation that they overcame him, they, the overcomers, the Christian remnant left on this earth, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which paid our sin debt at Calvary and cleanses our sin debt to this day. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved their lives not unto the death. That's how we overcome. But it's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why do you think the first thing that Satan wants to possibly do, at least in this scenario, is question the word of God? Which would be questioning the biblical accounts. And hey, if they've got some nice big digital picture in panoramic vision, and you're hearing things telepathically in your head, and you're seeing it on TV... And you're thinking, you know what? This whole Christian religion is just a bunch of garbage. I was lied to the whole time. That's what most Christians are going to say. I don't think most of them were ever saved anyway. They got no love for the truth. No love for the truth. None. They don't want the truth. Hmm. Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, but God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of what? The truth? Seems to be truth is pretty important for God. Jesus Christ said, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you continue in his word. That's the conditional part. What if you're not even reading the right Bible? I'm reading some perversion, and I'm not even really doing that. It's gathering dust on my thing, and I'm believing some guy in some 501c3 corporation they call a church, and he's tickling my ears every week, and I come out of there and feel real good. And I, can, and I can write it all off on my taxes to boot, my tithes. Oh, wow, what, what? I'm sure that's making God so happy. So happy. You think they're going to be prepared for this? 
You think there's not going to be a massive falling away? Well, that's where it's also mentioned, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That there's going to be a falling away and then that wicked will be revealed. And that wicked will be revealed. There's going to be a falling away in conjunction with the wicked, meaning the Antichrist, in the context of that passage. It's going to come in conjunction. This, I understand there's been a falling away of the church. Okay, no doubt. Primed and prepped. But can you imagine, then this happens? Oh, imagine this scenario. It's coming. It's coming. One way or another, whether it's a variation of this scenario, I'm not, obviously, this is not carved in stone. Okay? One way or another, the falling away is occurring, and the strong delusion is already here to a certain extent, but it's going to get much worse. The lying signs and wonders, the miracles. Oh, man. We have no idea what's in store. We don't, me, myself included, do not have any concept of what's coming. Going further, it says, there are books about prophecy that discuss in detail the rise of this leader known as the Antichrist. The Bible speaks of him throughout the, both the Old and the New Testaments. He is an enigmatic figure, indwelled by Satan Lucifer himself. He has many names, the son of perdition, the beast, the little horn, to name a few. According to prophecy of Revelation 13, Daniel 9, 1 John 2, when this figure rises, he will establish the one world government, one world religion, one world political system, one world currency, most likely all that's going to occur in conjunction. Bible commentator Chuck Missler postulates that the Antichrist may boast of an alien connection. I can tell you right now that these Ascended Master guys, Maitreya in particular, they're all on the same team. There are others who hold similar views, such as Dr. I.D.E. Thomas uh, in the book The Omega Conspiracy. Here are some of my thoughts on what we may be in for. The end game of this global ruler is to be worshipped as God, as cited in Revelation 13.8. Remember that after the aliens have revealed themselves, the world will embrace them as having as having the real goods as to who God is. So, in other words, they're going to come and they're going to say they are God. They're going to say, you know, particularly to the pagan religions, we are the gods you've been worshipping all along. We're finally making ourselves manifest. And we're actually the God of the Bible too. I mean, one of these ascended masters who calls himself Hanton, H-A-N-N-T-O-N, I believe, he has flat out stated, and he calls himself creator God of the universe. That is his title. You know what else he said he was? This took a while to come out. He says he's a large gray alien. But when he manifests, he manifests in the form of a human, a very handsome man. Can you imagine the horror when you have these supposed ascended masters coming out saying, we're this, and then maybe they shape shift? They can do that. I'm telling you, the things that are coming are <laughs> incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. I really believe this shouldn't discourage you, but excite you as a Christian. Really, I really do. Don't, don't let this get you down. The Bible, although it didn't get into absolute detail, we didn't have the details when the New Testament was written. They didn't even understand the technology that we have. You understand, like, you know, John the Revelator, things like this. They, they, they tried to describe it the best terms they knew how. 
But the things that, that the technologies that we have now, the capabilities, the, the, the deception that has been laid is, is unlike anything the world has ever known. I'm going to go ahead and stop here, and we're going to go to part three next.